Hello, and welcome to Sunday Devotionals with John and Rachel. We're so honored to have you join us as we explore God's truth and get to know Him in a more authentic and intimate way. As we go through life, many of us have questions, concerns, and issues that may hinder us from fully embracing who God is and who He's called us to be. These devotionals are designed to help us navigate life and all that comes with it, learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee, or in my case, tea, and join us as we fellowship. We had the privilege of seeing with our own eyes what you guys are going to hear today. Pastor Dave has written a book, and this book has single-handedly encouraged us on our journey. As many of you know, and those who are listening, God led us to step out on faith and plan and ministry, which you guys have been a part of since the beginning. And during that process, you know, God has connected us with Pastor Dave. And this book has been such an encouragement to us. It's called Real Vision. And I don't know, Pastor Dave, you can talk about this when you share, uh, if it's possible for us to purchase the book here and, and, and be able to disperse it that way. So you let us know how we can be a blessing um, in that way as well. But we are very, very excited. This is Pastor Dave Pridemore, founder of Camp Grace phenomenal ministry. So I, I, I'm not going to be able to introduce you better than that, uh, Pastor. I, I could read your book to the people, but <laughs> but we love you and we thank you so much yeah. for being here with us. Well, I'm happy to be with you. I'll just start by telling you how Camp Grace got started because I think it's, uh, when I think of that, I think of Ephesians 2.10, you know, it says we are his masterpiece. And we were created in him for good works. To me, that good works is he's given us a vision. He's given us a mission. He's given us a calling. Whatever you want to call that good works. He's given everybody a purpose when he's called you to himself, right? So we're his workmen. We're his masterpiece created in him for good works. And the interesting thing in that verse, it says, it goes on to say that he called us to that before we were even born. and. And he said, just walk in what I call you to do. Okay. The interesting thing, he says, walk in that. Uh, it's not a labor, a boyish thing. It's not that you have to run. It's not you have to strive. He says, just walk in it. Right. So I went to New York. A friend of mine who grew up in uh, New York, uh, uh, kind of drug addict, that type of guy. And he, ne- he had never been out of the city till he was 16. And someone asked him to go to a Christian camp. And that's the first time he'd ever been out of the city. And, and he came to know Christ. He ended up coming back to the city. It really stuck. He went to Bible college, came back and started Manhattan Bible Church, uh, started Manhattan Christian Academy, uh, a, a rehab center, a feeding center. But he asked me to come up and to do some chaplaincy work. So it was, it was really a phenomenal uh, week and a half I was up there. and. But he, he didn't tell me this until I got up there. He said he had always wanted a camp for kids in the city that could never afford it because he knew what it did for him. He knew what it did for his heart. He knew what it was like just getting out of the city for the first time. And so he was a chaplain for the Knicks. And Charlie Ward and Allen Houston, they bought a, um, I think it was kind of a, a rundown camp from the government, and they built Hoop Heaven on it. And I went up and saw it the next year. And it really made an impact on me because I saw so many lives transformed, kids coming to, to Christ and 
And so I was in a, a, a big church in Atlanta and I came back and, and, you know, in my book, I call it, I call it holy miserable. I, I kept thinking about this and I said, how many of these camps do we have in Georgia for the underserved population of Georgia? Cause we have about 700,000 kids uh, in Georgia th that live below the poverty line. And I found out that we did not have one camp exclusively for these kids. And so I was sitting on the beach one day and I, I had some on vacation. I, I, just, I had some yellow tablets and I started writing out what, a, uh, what it would look like. And I started dreaming. <laughs> and I came up with three camps on 300 acres and served 3,000 kids. And, and I don't want to take any kids off the street because there's so many good churches and good people working with these kids, but they don't have the money or the wherewithal to, to take them out of the city and, and take them to a, what I call a high quality, high capacity camp. And so, um, as the Lord would have it, uh, I had to quit my church. I just, uh, diff different people answer God in different ways. Right. And I know I came to Christ at 30 and 10 of us started the cellular mobile phone company. I just gotten two promotions. I was on my way where I wanted to be in business. And I quit and went to, I jokingly say cemetery, but it was seminary. And because I wanted to give my life to people, not phones. Uh, not everybody does it the way I do it. But when I knew that we needed this camp in Georgia, I quit my church and we, I just started by faith. I didn't have any land. I'd never raised money. I'd never run a ministry. And I tell people, if you wanted a resume of somebody to get this thing off the ground and started and running, you would never pick me because I, I didn't have any of the qualities. And that, that's just a testimony to God, isn't it? And in my book, the end result is his faithfulness, not our faith. Sometimes a lot of people say, man, Pastor Dave, you have great faith. I don't have great faith, but I have a faithful God. And when he calls you, he gave me a, a verse when I started this whole thing in 1 Thess 5.24. And he says, faithful is he who has called you. And he will do it, right? So I tell people, when God calls you to do something, don't step out if you don't 110% believe that he is going to do it, right? So I just believe it. I just believe he's called me because he, I, know, I know he made me uh, miserable enough and uncomfortable enough that he was calling me to do it and not somebody else. Well, that was in uh, 03, 04. Man, that was a long time ago, wasn't it? Man. But so I stepped out and I just uh, put a little brochure together about the big vision that God gave. And you know what I did? I just started sharing what God was going to do with everybody. And then I made an ask, right? Before I knew it, I had enough money to buy. I have so many, <laughs> so many stories. A miracles actually in this book. And, and I, I'm not a writer. I was never going to write a book. But my, my kids and my, my wife said, you got to share this with people because uh, I call this the normal Christian life. Sometimes we get so far away from knowing what God wants to do in and through us that we don't see this as the normal Christian life. Well, that was uh, 
I stepped outside the church and started this full time with a, my first overnight camp. At, and we leased the property because we didn't have enough money to buy the land and stuff. And that was in 05. Now, since 05, we set on 300 beautiful acres. And it's very interesting that God gave me part of that land. And then there was another section of that land connected to me and my that I wanted to buy because a little bit of the lake was on it. And so I, I was able to buy the rest of that land. And when I added it all up, it was 300 acres. And it's 300 acres. And that's what I wrote down on the beach in 03. So we have 300 acres. We have our first camp finished. It's called Frontier Town, right? Now, um, Frontier Town actually has 500 beds. And so I have the capacity right now to serve 3,000 kids a summer. That's crazy. So God told me to increase the vision to 7,000 kids by 2030. I said, okay, Lord, we'll do 7,000 kids because we're going to build a couple more camps on there. Now, we've had 12,000 kids come through this camp since we started, and we have had 4,825 first-time decisions for Christ. We have 44 partners in 34 cities, and some of those partners are in Florida, South Carolina, and Alabama. And hopefully, we'll have uh, a team, a partner from North Carolina. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So when you guys come down this summer, uh, we just, but we're going, we want to keep adding partners. Now, you know what's interesting is 87% of our kids come back every year and they from age seven to 17 and kids love it because when they turn 15 they can come back for a total of about five weeks they have four weeks of uh leadership training we call that counselor and training and then they have a week for their teen camp and so but most of them would just stay there all summer they stay all nine weeks <laughs> so uh so so what we're doing is we're making an impact on these kids' lives. And uh, I mean, we have so many stories. I, I just, there was a young man that uh, we just married uh, a couple months ago on the land. And he was a Hispanic kid. And he came once with his mom when he was like eight or nine. And his mom, he would go to Sunday school. He tells us, uh, sometimes I'll have him speak for me. Um, and he would just make his mom cry in Sunday school class because he was so mean to her and so nasty. And then when he got a little older, like 12, 13, he was in a gang. He was doing drugs and, you know, every, he was doing everything. And, and so he felt so bad for his mom when he was 14. She asked, actually said, please go back to Camp Grace with me. So he went back to Camp Grace. And, we're, and John, you at the amphitheater. That's where most of our kids come to Christ. It's a, just a beautiful place. It sits right on a lake. And so that's where we give the gospel on Thursday night. Well, he, he said, the way he describes it, he said, I felt terrible. I felt dirty. I felt awful. And so for some reason, and that was God's time for him, he broke down and just started weeping that night and gave his heart to Christ. And, uh, and he said, when I went home, I, I, my mom looked at me and said, Erwin, what happened to you? He said, I just started crying and apologizing to mom. Well, uh, 
he is uh, he got married at that amphitheater. So we married him a, a week or so ago. But he was a counselor. He was in college, a counselor in training. And I was able he's a financial consultant now. Uh, and I got him a job through a friend of mine. And they're doing well, really well. But his mom uh, would bring kids through her middle high school. She was the, like the secretary. And now she's uh, working full time at a Methodist church. And she brings about 120 Hispanic kids. And wow. she's, in a full, she's in a full time ministry. She says, if God can save Irwin at that camp, he's going to save thousands of these kids in my city. <laughs> so she's got her own little ministry and, and we're helping her. Uh, bring these kids. But but see, God, once he calls you to whatever he calls you to, you know, he's going to work through you to accomplish great things. Sometimes we don't, I, I tell people, uh, why should I do anything I can do? Right? <laughs> what I should do is I should set the goal so high, it actually scares me. And I say to myself, there's no way I can do that. Then that's what I will do. Because I know he's going he's gonna to raise this to 7,000 uh, 7, kids a summer. Uh, we're looking at adding our next uh, camp. It's going to be basketball camp. We might even do a tennis camp. You know, we're talking to Dane, and he wants to come down. And we have, uh, we have it all set aside. But, but see, God is, God is orchestrating everything. For example, uh, let me just give you some God stories. That'd be okay. God stories. Please, Pastor, please right? do what you got to do. Listen, and so, uh, so I had this little uh, uh, African-American foster girl come. Her, her name was Alasia. And her daddy said, uh, hey, Alasia, let's go through this organization. And he said, they're, they're close to our house and we can, we can go to Camp Grace. And he had been sending her to camp. But let me tell you something. The, and you've been to camp. Our culture our singing, what we do is different than going to the Chick-fil-A camp. It just is, you know. Uh, I should show you that. I got this video on YouTube. We just did recharge. We do two weeks of recharge in the winter where we bring the kids back and we plug them back in. We recharge them, you know, like wow. the phones. And uh, so this mom got on YouTube and, you know, the the rap, I'm a F-A-N-A-T-I-C, I'm a fanatic, you know, you know. And so she had her son do the rap song to all her friends. And so we got it. We, we posted it, but it was really cute. So Alasia comes to camp, right? And Alasia goes, and we arbitrarily just put him into, um, into cabins. Uh, and she was in a cabin with a, a gal named Mary. Now, Mary was an African-American girl. And she, just think about how smart she is. This girl got a full scholarship to Georgia. Good night. So she's uh, one of our counselors. But what we didn't know is Mary's story and Elijah's story were almost identical. Mary's mom was in, in jail, just like Elijah's, and didn't really know their dads, right? So Elijah really hit it off with Mary, just loved Mary. She, uh, that Thursday night, she gave her heart to Christ, and she just had a phenomenal week at Camp Grace. She goes home a couple months later. Her, um, her foster dad calls me, said, Dave what did you do to my foster daughter at Camp Grace? She's every morning, she's reading her Bible. She wants to pray when we eat. She's talking about now she's wanting to go to college. She wants to be like Mary. And I said, and I told him what we did. And he said, well, man, thank you. I got me a new girl at home. And if I can ever help you, let me know. I said, okay, what, what do you do? 
He said, I built the Olympic pool in Atlanta. I've been building pools 25 years. Now, John, you've seen that pool, right? It's yes, yes, so it's tremendous. Yeah. I have a I have a a, a philosophy of, of building my camp. And it comes out of God gave his best. So let's build the best, right? We we don't want any nasty stuff for our kids. We're gonna build it the best that we can. Well, he might have been thinking, I'm, I'm when I said, Well, so he said, I build pools. I said, Man, I need a pool. I don't at that time I didn't have a pool. And so I don't know what he was thinking, but I know what I was thinking. <laughs> and I, I lived in a big subdivision. And I mean, it had a zero entry mushroom junior Olympic. And so I took a picture of it. And I said, let me give you a picture of what I want. And I showed him this picture. He said, whoa. He said, now I built that for five, six hundred thousand dollars in subdivision. I said, I know that's what we want. And he sent 40 guys out and boom, it's done. He built that pool, right? He built the pool. And, and as you go along your ministry, what's so fun about being a Christian and walking in your calling is God gives you everything you need in your mind. I'm standing like when I started, I bought the land. Now we, we are debt free. We are debt. We just built. John, did you stay at the missionary houses when you came? No, we, okay. well, we did see him, though. We saw him. OK, yeah. So so we just finished four missionary houses and those are four like partners we just need to rest right and we made them we made them really really nice so what we're trying to do is as god tells us to do stuff and every time he tells me to do something i never have a penny i, I don't have any money but i say thank you lord that's exciting i can't wait to see that up i can't wait to see how you're going to do this right so we had just built two towers and we have a big fort that sleep, sleeps 300. We only had one third of that fort done because I couldn't afford to finish it, right? And I'm standing in the field and we're doing, uh, we do a little thing called crud wars. It's a big food fight in the field. And mm -hmm. down, in, down in Macon, by Macon, it's so hot down there in the summer. It's like 100 degrees and I'm standing there and I'm watching and the kids are having a blast. And God spoke to me on, in that field. He said, Dave, it's time to build the gym. Because right now, these kids, if it rains, they don't have any place to go play. And it's so hot, they need to get out of the sun. They need to get, you know. I said, but you know how you talk to the Lord? I said, Lord, I haven't finished the fort. I haven't even finished the cabins. He says, time for the, time for the gym. I said, okay, I'll build a gym, right? So most of my thoughts I get when I'm driving down 75, the windshield time. So I'm driving down 75 to camp once, and I said, hey, there was a guy that came to camp and he walked around with his wife. He said he lived close by. He said, I'm a structural engineer. Now, I'm not real smart, but I know gym and steel and structure go together, right? They do. So I call yeah. this dude. I call this guy and I said, uh, hey, um, I'm building a gym. I was wondering if you could help me. I don't know what I'm doing now. And that's the way I said it. I'm building a gym because I'm building a gym, right? God said, build a gym. Now, he, I, I found out later, he told his wife, they had retired. He was retired. He has a structural engineering company in Birmingham, Alabama, that his son runs. And he had told his wife, I want to get involved in ministry, but I'm not going to force myself on anybody. I'm going to wait till somebody calls. Well, I happened to call, right? I didn't know that at the time. So he said, yeah, I'll help you. So a friend of mine that I led to Christ works for Nucor, 
And so he gives me really cheap prices on steel. So I had this guy's name is Joe and the other guy is named uh, A.W. He's the guy that's helping me, right? So we meet down at Locust Grove and they're going to talk about the building, you know, the steel structure and they're talking all these details. Well, they get finished because he knows I want this up by June and it's Thursday. And so A.W. says, Dave, if you want this up by Thursday, you're going to have to order this steel today or tomorrow because we got, we got to order it and get it up in time. And he said, it's 135000 for this steel. You need to write him a check. Now, maybe he's thinking that's the way he does stuff, but I do it by faith. I said, I don't have any money. And he looked at me like, what? And I said, well, let's wait till tomorrow. You said today or tomorrow. Let's ask God to give us the money by tomorrow. And he thought I was joking. I wasn't joking. And he said, Dave, if I write a check for 135000 you pay me back? I said, if you write a check for 135000 that's between you and God, not between me and you, right? Because that's why I do that. So when you join with me, you join the faith train. Mm. And we just watched God do miracles, right? But he wrote the check, 135000 I said, thank you, Lord. So we ordered the steel. I remember the, the time the steel came. And it was laying by where we were going to build the, the gym. And on a Friday, he came out and he said, Dave, I've got three bids to wreck that steel. One's $24,000, one's $60,000, and one's $80,000. The one that's $60,000, I'm selecting because I know I'm doing a good job. He no sooner said that, my phone rang. I normally don't answer it. I picked up my phone and I said, hello. And he said, hey, uh, you don't know me, but a friend of yours is my financial advisor. And I just we just, just got finished meeting with him. And you're building a gym, right? I said, yes, sir. He said, my wife and I were heading home. We were just talking about it. And we, we decided just to pull over because we made a decision on the way home. And we want to send you $60,000 today. And I said, and I handed the phone to my buddy. I said, listen, talk to my buddy here. He's standing right here. One minute ago, he told me we need $60,000. I want him to see God's faithfulness. So I handed the phone to him. And sure enough, we put up the gym. We had a great summer. And at that time, I would send in some grants occasionally because when, you, when you're not successful, you always get rejected from the grants. Grant people want to make sure that the money's going to be sustained, right? Mm -hmm. So I go to the P.O. box and it, oh, I forgot about this grant I put in. And I thought, okay, let me read the rejection letter. It was a $177,000 check. And I thought, what? And so I called my friend and I said, hey, God gave you 135000 back. Isn't he a good God? And he said, Dave, down to the penny, the difference will put lights in the gym. Can I put lights in the gym? <laughs> I'm too dumb to think about lights, you know? So see, that's just one. That's just, I can go, listen, I can fill two hours up right now. Story after story after story. You know, that amphitheater you were at, John? Yeah. I had a, when I was building, I wanted those first eight cabins, I didn't have enough money for concrete. So I knew Bear Bryant's grandson, Mark Tyson in Birmingham. He owned USA Ready Mix. So I called up there and I, called, I talked to five secretaries. I never did talk to him, right? I said, no, not what am I going to do? About a week later, a guy called me and said, hey, this is my name's Don. I'm supposed to come out to see you. I'm from USA Ready Mix. I said, yeah, come on out, right? And he came out. A little short Italian guy. 
And I told him, I was telling him what I did. First of all, he said, man, you must really know somebody in Birmingham because they never send me to talk to anybody, right? So this is just God's provisions, right? I said, I know the a king of king and the Lord of lords. I said, that's why you're here, brother. I told him what I was doing. And he said, uh, you know, Dave, I was an orphan growing up. And he pointed to woods. He said, I've slept in woods. My wife and I have a farm. We were, uh, we were just talking about bringing kids to the farm. And, uh, and I said, he said, I won't do that. I'll just partner with you. I said, that'd be great. I said, but you're going to give me that concrete? <laughs> he said, yeah, that concrete. And he came, listen, he came back the next day and on a little piece of paper, he had sketched. He said, I have a dream about building an amphitheater and I want to hand make the cross. He said, if you give me a spot and allow me to do it, can I do an amphitheater for you? See what I'm saying? So oh. God just keeps going on and going on and going on and going on. Uh, you know, you were in my dining hall, right? Yes, sir. My dining hall was 25,000 square feet. 25,000. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they it was 24, 14 by 70 steel modular units at Fort Gordon in Augusta. And they fed 2,000 troops out of that because they had they were coming home from Afghanistan. So they have a, a, a contract. These things will last 50, 60 years because they're all steel. They used it one year and it's set for two or three. And they hired a friend of mine to come and throw it away. They paid six and a half million dollars for that building. And he called me and said, Dave, I think this would be good for Camp Grace. And I, and I thought, I don't want any nasty old building, modular units. And just to, because he was a friend, I said, OK, let me go down and just tell him no. I'll look at him and say, nah, I don't think it'll work on my land. I went down. I walked into that building. And it, was, it looked like a hospital to me. It was so new and nice and clean. And I thought, I'm, at the same time, I'm building my worship center, right? And I'm driving back. And, I, and I'm just saying this because don't try to figure out how you're going to do something. Mm. God already knows. I didn't know about these buildings. So I'm driving back from Augusta. And I'm saying, I can't, I can't do two things at one time. Can I God? I'm building this worship center. And now there's a, and he, he gave me this thought. And this is, this was of God. I want you to take a video of that little, that thing, that, that building. And I want you to send that out to 20 people and ask 20 of your donors for five grand. And it was going to take about 300,000 to get it hauled up and, and set up. Right. And as soon as I had that thought, I said, wait, wait, that's only a hundred grand. And then I thought, you just do what I tell you. you. It's not for you to figure out, Dave. Faithful is he who is, have I called you to do this? Right? Yeah. I said, okay, God. Now, I sent that out to 20 people. The guy that used to be the president of Georgia Power, then he was promoted to the CEO of the Southern Company. And then he had retired. He and I used to do men's breakfast together back in the day. And his name is Dave Ratcliffe. I sent it to Dave. I sent it to other people. Well, I was at, uh, I remember I was at a ball game once and, and Dave called me because he got the video. And he said, Dave, does it have these, uh, does it have all the dishwashers and all? And then he called me back. He said, Dave, does it have like five walk-in freezers? And uh, does all that come with it? I said, yeah, man. He, and so he said, Dave, I'm sending you 75. I'm, I'm not sending you five. You need to get that thing, right? 
So that was just confirmation for me. So in three weeks, I got 287,000 right back. I said, oh, no, it's kind of like the dog that catches the car. I said, oh, no, now what do I do? (laughs) (laughs) I said, I said, okay, haul it up, haul it up. Right now they had 12 dorms. Each dorm slept about 180 troops. I got one of the dorms, too. And I put that, and you saw the dorms. But yeah. I, I had guys come, and we, we did the whole dorm, and we put 15 really luxury apartments in uh, uh, cabins inside of it. Yeah. So, um, so you see, uh, I, I just say all those stories because right now, God told me something a few months back. He said, Dave, a lot of these kids that come, like in Atlanta, the dropout rate is 47%. He said, these kids are not dropping out because they're not smart enough to graduate. They're dropping out because they have no motivation, no inspiration. He said, I want you to build a learning center. And I want you to increase your electives in the summertime to robotics and soundtracks and music and all this kind of stuff. And then I want you to say, hey, if you guys want to do these electives in your projects and you really get into it, I want you to come back 10 weekends a year to finish your project. Now, it could be they may want to go ahead and build a peach orchard. I don't know. We're going to do different electives. So they could they could plant the peach trees and they can come back and cultivate them. See, I, I just got to get them back to Camp Grace. If I can get them back and, and speak into their lives, my job is not to educate. My job is to motivate. My job is inspiration for education, right? And that will give them a reason to stay in school. So this is, it's going to be called the barn, the barn. It's going to be a 15,000 square foot barn with a big meeting room and breakout rooms. It's going to have a deck out looking over the activities lake and the front deck is going to look into the sunset. And we're going to build that in the summer of 2023. He already told me it's done, but guess how much money I have toward that. Zero. <laughs> nothing. But I listen, see the pattern. Nothing. Hey, <laughs> and that's what's so fun about walking in his calling and his purpose. I don't know what he's got. You know, Dane came. Dane and you are, are two of my good buds now. Mm-hmm. God is going to use us to do extraordinary things. Amen. Right? He will give you everything you need at the time you need it. Yeah. Without faith, right, Hebrews, it's impossible to please God. For those who come to him must come to him believing that he is. He is yeah. what? He is what he is when you need him. He just is, right? Amen. So I tell people, I said, man, I got 12 grandbabies, and I'm the tennis shoe papa. They need tennis shoes, I buy them. I keep money in my pocket, and when I'm out with them and they want something, I don't care what their mom and daddy say. I buy, I buy it. Okay. You know, if it's candy, whatever, you know, they can deal with it later. Right. So. <laughs> and I, so when I get these things for my grandbabies, you think they like them? Man, I just got some tennis shoes for my one little 12 year old that made the basketball team. She's a pretty good little ball player. And uh, but she loved them, man. But let me tell you something. Who do you think loves it more? Me. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So when you look at the pool. When you look at the gym, when you look at all these things, and man, you think I love those? Yes. Who do you think loves it more? Gosh. My father in heaven. You yeah. see that? 
So do you think he wants to build a barn? That's nothing for him. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. And he knows that we're going to go from hundreds a summer that are going to give their hearts to Christ to thousands a summer. Amen. We can't rest with hundreds, right? So we we got to we got to keep doing this. We got to keep if if you're not growing, you're dying. Right? So you got to keep pushing. You got to keep adding. You got to keep saying, keep saying, God, what do you want to do next? Right? And and that's what I'm saying. Our father in heaven wants us to prosper. Right? If your son asks you for a loaf of bread, would you give him a stone? Right. Mm -hmm. If he asks you for a a fish to eat, you give him a snake that says comma rhetorical. Will you? In other words, of course not then how much more does mm-hmm. your Heavenly Father want to give you? You see what I'm saying? Now, let's put that into practice. Let's just not say nice words. Let's not say verses. Let's live them. Let's live them, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're not acting, like I, I love, I think it's uh, Romans 2, 4. Uh, the kindness of God will lead to repentance, Right? The mm-hmm. kindness of God. So when I'm kind to people, they're going to come to Christ. I don't care how they treat me. I'm going to be kind to them. Right? When we train all of our college staff, we really do say, if Camp Grace is not the closest place to heaven on earth that these kids will ever experience, we have failed. We have failed. Right? Mm-hmm. We have a different way of disciplining them. We, we call it Correct and redirect, right? And we hire extra staff every summer because we have kids that are just tough. You know that. And they might be in the gym. They might be playing basketball and their their cabin now is to go down to the water sports out at the lake. They might, they decide, "I, I ain't going down. I'm staying here. Well, you can get tough with them, right? We don't do that. We say, we we call somebody, come on, shoot some ball with them. Okay. Now, after a while, you know, they're, they're building into their life. They're talking to them, right? We call it leadership team people, programming team people. And, and then after a while, you say, you want to go check out your, your guys down at, the, down at the lake? Yeah, yeah, let's go. You see? And, and then by the end of the week, we love them so much. By the, by the time they get to Thursday, they say, man, if I did this in the city of school, they'd be eating my lunch. Right. I mean, we've broken up so many fights, so many fights. I have a mom. uh, She's on tape. I can send this to you. But she was on the leadership team that came with her son. Her son was only like 13, but he was one big dude. And I had two counselors at the time, Manny, who was six, seven and uh, Anderson, who was six, ten. They could barely hold him down because he got in a fight in the in the corral. And uh so we took him out of his cabin. We put him with his mom for a night. And then his, uh, he, he really liked, he was doing the, the garbage can, the beat, the beat class. He really liked it. So his beat uh, instructor said, I know he's not, he's supposed to be out for a day, but we try to introduce him back in. And, they said, and he, he said, can he come back to beat class the very next day? Then after beat class, they said, can he come with and eat, eat with us at lunch? So we introduced him back in. And so his mom did a video for us and said, you know, I take, he goes to field trips and all kinds of things at school. And he said, he had, he always gets in fights. 
he's a, he's just got a temper and he never he's always sent home but he's always getting in trouble he said she said we've actually experienced what grace is this camp grace right you know what he deserved he didn't get what he deserved you see what i'm saying so we practice the actual definition (laughs) of grace yeah so but but i have her on tape and she did just a beautiful job she said dave pastor i just want to tell people about my son and about what he did and how you dealt with him. And uh, I think he came to Christ that week too. I, I, if I, if I remember right. So, but anyway, it's a, uh, it's just a matter of understanding what God's called you to do. Everybody in the church, everybody, you, you know, you were, you were holy discontent. And he told you, you need to be starting a church. I mean, how long have I told you that John? You're right. You know, You're and, right. and so, so finally you say, Lord, I'm just doing it. Right. So anyway, we uh, we just are walking in his calling. We just we're hey. having fun. Uh, I I don't stress over anything. Nothing I have is mine. If something's built tomorrow, great. Now, my book is called R E A L Vision, right? The R stands for revelation. The E stands for evaluation. The A stands for answer God, and the L stands for launch, right? And the A is the most important in the real. The A is. Because I'm not saying quit your job, but you, when you answer God, that's an action step, a step of action, right? And so my action step was say, I, I walked into my pastor's office because I was mission and evangelism pastor. And, um, and I quit. Because I know, I know I had to do it. Right. So that was my action. Now, so I tell people the most successful I've ever been was the day I said yes to God and I quit. Right. If I never had a camp, if I never had a kid to camp, if no, not one kid has come to Christ. The most successful I was was in 2004 when I quit my job. You see that? Powerful. Look, Look at Abraham. No, 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 I'm not. No, are you kidding me, God? I'm not taking my only son. You got to be crazy. He didn't say that, did he? You know, and then so he followed God all the way to the mountain, all the way to. So, but he answered God. The most successful Abraham was in his life was he when, when he was almost ready to sacrifice his son. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's the same with us. What's that one little step? We can take that he knows we just answered him. Only you and God know that, right? Isn't that true? But let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Thousands and thousands of blessings I've received since 2004, right? If I say no to him, what happens to all those blessings? Oh, by the way, remember the the gal I told you that uh, her foster dad built the pool? She's in her fourth year of nursing school at Albany State. Wow. And, and he was convinced she was going to be on the street just like her mom. Mm-hmm. But, but you see? But look at all, see all those blessings I could tell you about and many, many more in that book. Right? Yeah, the book is amazing. The book is amazing. Right. What we want to do, Pastor, is we want, we want to get everybody a copy of this book. So, Pastor, you let me know how we can get multiple copies. Yeah. For sure. Well, thanks for letting me share today. 
Well, Pastor, listen, this has been, this has been so encouraging. And I hope that, you know, those that are listening, that you're inspired to do what God called you to do. Like, and we saw this in person, like we went there. Our lives were so blessed and encouraged by just witnessing young people from all walks of life, giving their Amen. life to the Lord, getting their feet washed. Um, you know, it's just mm-hmm. serving them, them crying and, and, and worshiping and what every young people singing together and, and, and getting prayed for. And it, it was mm-hmm. it was unbelievable. It was it was it was and the fact that it, there was no pomp and circumstance right. attached to it. It just was what it was. It was ministry and that like mm-hmm. ministry can be done just alongside people doing what you do every day. Yeah. It, it doesn't have to be built up to be an event or mm-hmm. some some happening. It, it it happens every day. So to see yeah. it in action was it really was beautiful and monumental for us to be able to witness and then also be inspired to feel like, oh, we can, we can do this too. Like yeah. there, there's really no difference between yeah. one person or the next. So pastor, before you, before you uh, go, can you talk about our, our, uh, the partnership aspect of it and maybe touch yeah. on the mission aspect of it? Because I did mention it to, yeah. um, uh, to us, but yeah. I think it'd be easier yeah. to come from you. Well, uh, two things. One is, um, the partnership is as we grow, we're always looking for new, uh, many more kids. And these are kids uh, who could be in your church who their parents just don't have the means to send them to a, just a nice high quality camp. Right. So the parents have to pay $30. The church pays 70. Then we go raise the rest of the money. We raise about three sixty or so, because if you send your kids to a quality camp, you can't do it with all volunteers. You have to do it with paid staff that are equipped and trained. And so all everybody at Camp Grace is paid, right? And they're, they're college kids that we interview. So so you may have uh, five or 10 or whatever, and that you may want to become a partner uh, church. And and it's kind of, a, kind of a, something that kids get to look forward to every year, hopping on that church bus and heading down to Georgia, right? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a uh, a cool thing to cross the state line. Hey, now we're in Georgia. Now we're in, you know. And, but the thing is, is they'll they'll love the camp. And then when they get older, they can come for more weeks if they want to enter into our leadership program, right? And then the other the other side of it is um, our camp functions really well when we have mission teams, right? And a mission team is just like. You guys may have been like I was a missions pastor. I've taken people all over the world. Right. So if you take like I used to like to take people to Trinidad and Tobago for first term, uh, first time uh, mission trips because it's they speak English and it's uh, just a nice place and it's not that hard. But Camp Grace is not that hard. So you think of Camp Grace as the same thing whether they're going to India or Trinidad or Haiti, just come to Camp Grace, right? Because these kids need a lot of attention. And by, by working in the kitchen and working with the kids and setting up field games, we will, you work hard. You get up early and you go to bed late, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just like going on a mission field because when you come to Camp Grace, you're on the mission field. <laughs> and so if you want to get some folks together this summer and say, Hey, count us in, man, we'll, we can bring, I don't care if it's five, it doesn't matter. Just uh, get started. And so those are the two things. I only have one last thing. Yes, sir. 
but you can bring a mission team, but your wife has to come and she has to sing. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's right here. She's, got it. She you blessed us the last time. Yeah, I couldn't believe. Wow, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> Phenomenal. Yeah, we're, we're there. Yeah, we're the there. Summer. We're already planning for this summer. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And our kids, the kids want to come back too. Like they're like they they're excited to come back too. So I pray that you were encouraged and blessed and strengthened and pushed and challenged to open up yourself to where God is calling you to, so that you can see God's miraculous provision in your life as well. So even as we approach this. Thanksgiving week in this season that we open up our hearts and minds, not only to what God wants to do, but even more gratitude for what God has mm. already done and what he has inside of us. That's just waiting for us to say yes to. Amen. Amen, brother. Amen. Yeah. And, and mm. just to add, just, yeah, just ahead, really quickly yeah, to highlight, we're building the kingdom. We are fitly joined together. We are right. one body Amen. fitly joined right. together. So if, if your hand is in one location doing something, the, the blood does not stop circulation to that area because you're on the other side. We're, yeah. we're all together. So if, yeah. if if you have been blessed and you feel motivated and inspired, yeah. you can donate, do yeah. whatever. It's the same thing as doing it. Yeah. Like right. So, right. You know, encouragement and admonishment. We'll go ahead and pray because yeah. we're yeah. You know, yeah. over time. So Lord, we thank you and we praise you for this day that you have set aside and ordained for us. Thank you, uh, we thank you, God, for meeting us and speaking to us and speaking through Pastor Dave. We thank, thank you, you so for the amazing story that you are continuing to write with his life, God. And we pray, God, that uh, we can join together and be a part of that story, God. We thank you, God, for this season of thanksgiving and gratefulness, mm -hmm. God. And, and even through this, we can see your hand and mm. we can learn to be grateful mm. for the blessings that you have bestowed upon your servants, God, and, 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 and for what you're doing in the lives of not only us, but the people that are connected to us, God. We thank you for the youth that have been impacted and blessed by thank this you. ministry, God. We thank you for the lives that are continuing to come to you and be committed to you, God. And we pray, God, that it just continues and gets bigger, God. Yes. Lord, I pray, God, that uh, as always, you would give us the grace to endure the things that may not change, that cannot change, that you will not allow to change. I pray, God, that you give us the mercy when we fall short and we may make mistakes and, and not do everything right, God. Lord, I pray for the favor to obtain the things that we cannot on our own. I pray, God, that you would continue to bless us, speak to us, work through us, and use us for your glory, God. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Before you go, we'd like to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says that if we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart, we shall be saved. Pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I recognize and acknowledge that I am a sinner in need of your grace. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn away from my sins and ask you to forgive me and save me. I make you Lord of my life. If you made this life-changing decision, welcome to the family. We wanna know about it. Connect with us online at www thelifehouseministries.org or by downloading the Lifehouse app. We love you all and pray God continues to bless and keep you.